race for president is the race for president is over. For the first time in history, a black man, Mays Gilliam, will be the next president of the United States of America. Beginning with the candidate, we've generally picked movies that have reflected America's rightward shift over the last 50 years. These films, Bob Roberts, Wag the Dog, Bullworth, and Election have all been satires, black comedies that dealt with the political situation, mainly during the Clinton era. It's nice to end this month on a much more lighthearted note. Tonight we are talking about Chris Rock's 2003 Head of State, about an alderman called Mays Gilliam, who surprisingly becomes America's first black president. In some ways, this is the movie that most harkens back to something like Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, although for a much more cynical generation. After the Democratic presidential candidate and vice presidential candidate die in a plane crash, the diabolical senator, Bill Arno, wants to find someone to lose the 2004 presidential election to Vice President Brian Lewis. The minorities will be happy and they will vote for us in 2008 because we've shown we support them. And the white people will vote for us because uh, our guy isn't black. You got my vote! Arno plans to run in 2008. Ironically, the year we'd actually end up choosing a black president, but is looking to capture minority votes and a clear future path for himself in 2004 as a kingmaker. Where I think this movie has a Capra-esque flair is that Mays Gilliam begins telling people simple truths and connecting with them, and that steadily earns him support. People are tired of the same old bullshit and negativity as embodied by the Republican vice president, Brian Lewis, and are fired up when Mays Gilliam talks to them about bread and butter economic issues. Like being broke, even after working two jobs, working paycheck to paycheck, the failing education system, and rising crime rate. But there's nothing wrong with being an amateur. The people that started the Underground Railroad were amateur. Martin Luther King was an amateur. This is embodied in Mays Gilliam's chosen slogan, That Ain't Right. Now, if your child's school has old-ass books and brand-new metal detectors, let me hear you say, that ain't right. That ain't right. It ain't right. And now we got these corporations stealing all the money. They stealing their money. They stealing our money. The pension. Of course, this movie is very much a product of the Bush administration and the war on terror. Of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. One pretty amazing bit is that when Mays Gilliam decides to go negative, his ads have a clearly dubbed over Osama Bin Laden endorsing Brian Lewis. Yo, yo, what's up? I'm Osama Bin Laden. I hate America, but I love Brian Lewis. Paid for by Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> it was at this time in American history that both mainstream white culture and comedy itself began to go off the rails. The 9-11 terror attack, an onslaught of rampant over-patriotic messaging in the lead-up to the war in Iraq, seeped deeply into American culture. Shows like 24 pumped out pure Islamophobia, and even white comedians, embodied here by annoying puppet guy Jeff Dunham, dealt with the collective psychiatric damage from the first attack on American soil since Pearl Harbor through flag-waving jingoism. That's affirmative. Start with the oldest son, Assad. If that's not successful... Move on to his younger son. We are a go. However, this definitely opened up space for black comedy to flourish during the Bush administration. Whether it's Chris Rock's ability to make a movie like this, or Chappelle's show doing the Black Bush sketch, 
Black culture, after undergoing so much trauma throughout the 20th century, often seemed far more grounded in the early 2000s. The nigga bought aluminum tubes! Well, I need to tell you what the f you can do with an aluminum tube. Aluminum! They don't skate? Fine. I don't even want to say this. The motherfucker bought some yellow cake, okay, in Africa. He went to Africa and he bought yellow cake. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, bitch! Head of State is one of a handful of movies to be blessed with the talent of Bernie Mac before his untimely death in 2008. Bernie Mac plays Mitch Gilliam, May's older brother and vice presidential candidate. As is fitting, Bernie Mac gets some of the funniest lines in the movie, including a pretty great back and forth on NATO. What about NATO? How do you feel about NATO? Should I never met NATO. I never met NATO. I don't, about, I don't talk about people behind their back. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Oh, but you, oh, you didn't say that. I thought you were talking about, I know this guy named NATO, NATO Jacobs. You, you have know. to know these things. If uh, you're running for public Do you office, know NATO Jacobs? Tracy Morgan also appears throughout the movie as a dancing meat salesman. More beef to East Coast, West Coast rap. Check it out. Hey, Superman! Saving lives and stuff. Why don't you cop one of these pork chops? Ah. Of course, the premise at the heart of the movie is about the first black president, and that's captured in a pretty heartfelt speech that Chris Rock gives right before the election. You just represent yourself. Me? I represent my whole race. Oh, yeah, if I quit... There will be another black candidate for 50 years. Chris Rock has said that the inspiration for Head of State came from Walter Mondale's choice of Geraldine Ferraro as vice president. Knowing he'd likely lose to Reagan no matter what, Mondale chose to nominate a woman. In 2008, just five years later, America would elect its first black president. Of course, he wasn't assassinated, and there wasn't some great upset, which makes Head of State an interesting visionary artifact of its time. But I tell you what, you won't see me moving to no African jungle anytime soon. Or some goddamn desert somewhere sitting on a carpet with a bunch of Arabs. No, sir. And you, you won't see me stop eating no ribs either. <laughs> Gotta have them ribs. And pussy too. Don't Malcolm talk about no pussy? Now you know that ain't gonna work. That's what you call it. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends is done touring until December 30th, but you can find all their music at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at, at cosmopolitics and on Patreon. Throw her some subs on Twitch and join that Patreon. Jonathan Brown, drummer for Action Chief, Threadmaker, often plays the drums with Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, and former drummer for Tyranny is Tyranny. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started. 
So much suffering. Oh, so much suffering. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, it's not it's not ironic this week because I'm literally suffering. Yeah, you actually are not having a good time this week. Yeah. So yeah. I, was, I wasn't going to call attention to it. Not because of the movie, but since you did bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, one second. I'm turning on my microphone, but I'm living with that Lyme disease. Yeah, that's it. when they say twist the line, that wasn't what you were thinking about. That's not the kind of twist. You know, did you guys know that uh, Lyme disease is a U.S. government conspiracy? There's, you can go on a whole deep dive. There's a whole there's a whole theory. Let's that, not uh, do that. Lyme disease is a- <laughs> I'm going to pretend we did and we're just going to move on. Let's, let's just skip that. JB, thanks for coming back on. I think you're on you're on mute, by the way, if you want to if you want to say anything. Uh, it's been uh, a while. Just, just Broadcast news, right? Aaron's think, uh, curse was... word uh, went out because I do it all the time. Hmm. Curse for no reason. Yeah. No. That was your metric. So yeah, exactly. it's the season. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to rise to the occasion tonight. It is the goddamn uh, season. I'm really glad that we picked kind of more of an uplifting one to end this month on because it has been kind of like a cavalcade of like bummer and fuckery. There you go. See, this is honestly the most uh, Capra Capra esque, I think, of the movies that we've watched. Right, like it's one man versus like a you know an unfair system speaking truth to power, uh, literally like on TV speaking truth to power in a way that's not like kind of a uh, an ironic dig, like something like Bullworth or like Network. Like you know, this time it kind of works and everybody rallies to this cause. There's also a lot of white flight <laughs> in that one scene. Oh, that that's that scene is incredible. Like that scene makes me like lose my mind every time. I, see, I, I I mean, and it's got what is it? It's bombs over Baghdad, right? That that's playing, and then like you just see everybody in the suburbs just <laughs> like running out to the pole. I mean, that's it's because it's like we all know it, but then like to see it like you know played and played like for comedy, played, played in played in reverse. True. Played it yeah. played in reverse because like you know the real version of that obviously is for for eight years later with fucking Trump, uh you know and the. <laughs> but I think that like you're, uh, you're overall, those people running for eight years and then they finally right. get there and they're like, "Make America great again." Let's pull that lever. I, it is amazing. This is pre-Obama, right? I mean, and and like uh, and again, I think most of the ones that we ended with were all kind of Clinton poisoned. Um. You know, I, I, I one one of the lesser uh, plot elements and one of the wasted characters is sort of, you know, the 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 the, the blonde woman who's like, oh yeah, that's that's your like designated, you know, I forget what the what what they they, they have a liaison or something along oh, those lines. Yeah, well, that's what ev- they eventually. The, 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 but the joke is they have a more official designation first, right? And, and of course, you know, that's zipper problem. Apparently, on the set, they they would just address her by saying, "Yo, super whore, get in here." fantastic so yeah talks about that she actually didn't mind it (laughs) i'm not that really has there's a bunch of things that haven't aged very well that hasn't aged very well but but that's like you know again there's a lot in this movie that it's a lot that's an artifact of its time is the best way to put it yeah (laughs) yeah i think it is deeply use of nelly the use of nelly has not aged so much nelly So yeah. much Nelly, yeah. yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna Nelly's have a little bit though. of fucking uh, Nelly vibes, I think, because uh, like there's there's a lot of Nelly s background music, I think, in the uh, you know the 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 promo stuff they did for it. And I cut. There's also like, you know. <laughs> Nate Dog as like the Greek chorus slash narrator, yeah. which I think is fantastic because not only does the theme song, but he kind of like elucidates certain plot points as like as it goes along. And I'm like, I was like, that's 
Great. I mean, Jonathan Richmond did that for Desley what? Curtis Mayfield for Superfly. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I literally didn't hear what you said. Sorry. And then something about Mary with Jonathan Richmond. Basically being Nate Dog and narrating it through song. <laughs> nice. I'm basically uh, being Nate Dog and you know Nary and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, where's the lie, right? <laughs> I, I think this movie is deeply entertaining. Mount up. I, I wouldn't say that this is like the best election movie, but I, 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 I will never turn this movie off. I'll always like watch it through if it's on cable or something. It it shows that Chris Rock can do more than just straight up like comedy, comedy, comedy. Like there's some heart to this film. There really is. There, I mean, like I think the the note of it being kind of Capra esque is kind of right on it, you know. Because well, and he talked about, and, and you might have a clip for this or something, but he talked about like well, when he was going to end it, like it wasn't a sure thing that he was going to have Mace win, and then then he was like, "Come on." <laughs> Like, yeah. we, we gotta do it come on <laughs> you got it well i mean listen because you know i mean 2008 was obviously a huge deal but like in 2003 like you gotta have a you gotta have the w you gotta have the win you know what i mean like things things yeah. are not going well both for the black community in general like that's the same year fucking hurricane katrina hit but also just for everybody the democratic I mean? party <laughs> there was a bunch of freaking cowards that were that were like in in power and that's one of the reasons why howard dean came to be so popular yeah. it was it was his uh, uh it was yeah back in the day right that was uh, that was crazy that was craziness <laughs> that can end your campaign guys <laughs> i'd love i'd yeah. love to see a primary between uh Maze gilliam and fucking um john Kerry. john Kerry, he's oh like God. i have three purple hearts and he's like that ain't right <laughs> <laughs> I got one well, heart. I don't know what color it is because it's in my chest. So, so whereas where I was going with that is was with veterans, um, veterans, but it's he's Gilliam. <laughs> where I was going with that is that like it, it's like Dean's like I'm tired of being told what to do by fundamentalist preachers. <laughs> that is that is messed up flavor. flavor. Yeah, that's Thank sad. You for chiming in. Oh. Um, but but like Dean's whole thing, he came to fruition because like he was, had a prepared speech. He had a prepared speech, Howard Dean. And he kind of dropped it in favor. Just like, I don't want to listen to fundamentalist preachers anymore. I don't want to do this. You know, and, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> so similar to the that ain't right bit, which is which is honestly like, where's the difference between like that and like Bernie Sanders or something for most of the stuff he's talking about? You know, maybe not the childcare stuff, but uh <laughs> but like where's the difference? Or the crime stuff, but I mean yeah, I mean, some, again, product of the times. <laughs> this is like you know, 2002, 2003. You gotta throw some comedy in there somewhere. Yeah, it, also. It's a vehicle for him to do his stand-up too. Let's be clear, and that's yeah. and like it's eloquently weaved in. But like, but I was thinking it was, about it today. So, it was so prescient though, um, predicting the the smears that would be used against Obama when he walks up oh. to the guy. He's, he daps him up, and he's just like, you know, he's like, "What's up?" And he's like, "There's just some guy I say hi to sometimes." And they're like, "Oh, that's a drug lord. Like he's involved with drug lord. Like that is such oh, an on point thing for you know every yeah. person that Obama ever associated with that like they could possibly hit him with during the 2008 campaign. They were like, "This is a guy that Barack Obama knew well." And it's like, I've met him once. Like this is just some guy I know. Like it's not. This is just a dude. <laughs> like I, I literally just see him around. Yeah, around the way. Well, and it's yeah, it, it is very prescient. But it's also like. Could have seen it coming. Like you knew that they were going to do it, right? You you knew that they were going to like employ those kinds of tactics. And I also like that. I think the conceit of it being like let's set someone up to lose for this election 
so embodies the spirit of the Democratic Party at that time, which is very much like, oh, it's so-and-so's turn. Oh, it's so-and-so's turn, like whatever. Like, and, and the idea that like it wouldn't it wouldn't be something like that was just like unthinkable. And and yeah. I, but I love the idea of it being like, oh, but actually he does well. You know, they 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 thought they were picking a chump, they thought they were picking a patsy, but it's someone that actually like connects. And like, like, and 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 I also thought about, and I don't want to dominate the conversation, but follow your bliss, and I do it well. Uh the like when he drives man in a van telling you to follow your bliss what could (laughs) what could possibly go wrong you got candy in there too (laughs) that is the dumbest joke i'm gonna call you on it that is the everybody's oh you got candy out there never heard that one before jesus uh that's not where i was going with mine (laughs) uh he's the man sitting in the supernaut right now i I, I am in sitting in the supernaut right now yeah I'm, i'm 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 about I'm about where you normally would be, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, in a Starbucks parking lot in an undisclosed location. Yeah, so the... Although people can now try to research, which Starbucks, you know, geolocation. What's that, that like, Jackie? You look like uh, when uh, Kermit the Frog was on Sesame Street and would do the reporter bit where he would just be Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Kermit, the Kermit the Frog here. Uh, I was oh, going to go... Best, I was best, gonna, uh, best anchor ever. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to do a zoom and enhance joke, but the moment passed. Uh, but can you imagine, like, so there's there's sort of like Chekhov's bus at the beginning of this, like as as Alderman he, um, you know, he makes the promise to the guy, like, look, man, they won't take away the bus. I'll I'll drive you there if I need to. Yeah. Like, so it's Chekhov's bus, right? Because it's introduced early on. It must appear later, yeah. and, and of course they do. They shove the bus line down, you know. And who cares if they can't? Um, if that dude can't get to work, or a bunch of people can't get to work. And then he's like, on election day, he's like, I can't go meet with the Teamsters. Got a thing. And he, dri- and he drives, not just them, but everyone. Then they have a whole party. It's and they're raising the party on a bus scene. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, what again, it's, it's got to be played a little bit for comedy. But can you imagine if an actual candidate did that, like on election day? That would be a huge deal. Yeah. Right. And then, you, and, then well, you, and, and it's also, it's also, there's a dichotomy between like, you know, starting this with the candidate. Which uh, Bill McKay would have one hundred percent promised to take the guy in the bus and then not done it on election and day. Totally not done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I he mean, backs I, off. I think... his, he backs off on his uh, bus driving policy. He's like, "Look, I'm, I'm not in favor of busing. I'm not in favor of uh, you know." <laughs> <laughs> but but I just there there are little moments like that that it's like it's it's pressure in the way that like the darkest pot like celebrity obsessed. Uh, and let you know just you know, lack of nuance sort of thing and completely cynical political aspirations and stuff are in there like the fact that republican candidates always like i'm sharon stone's cousin this can't happen to me yeah. <laughs> and then sharon stone endorses Maze yeah, gilliam yeah. that's great <laughs> uh this is this is chris rock talking a little bit about it and then bernie mac talking a little bit about it but this is about the idea that he had um i think this is the clip um where he's talking about geraldine ferraro Security. Give it to old people. You the man. You the woman. It was about the little man running for president. The lowest guy you could imagine. What now? Grow up. You gotta dress better. Even Puff Daddy wears a suit to court. Getting a shot for the biggest title in the world. I asked my niece the other day, what's four plus four? She said 44. Let me hear you say, that ain't right. 
Ernie Mac plays my brother, Mitch, just like me. He uh, tells the truth. It's an idea I had a long time ago. I got the idea from Geraldine Ferraro, actually. So I, I thought that was like a setup. Democrats knew they were going to lose. They're running against Ronald Reagan. So what better time to have a woman on the ticket? After the caucus loses, you have Clinton running against Bush. And he kills him. You know why? Because he carried the women. Really just trying to take advantage of what his comedy is. You know, he's not politically correct. He is irreverent. So why not craft a role that's suited for him to go out and do that thing and be successful at it? You my what? Stand in. You don't look nothing like me. Nothing. Don't sound like me. Nothing. Look at this guy. Look at mine. Mine real. Bernie, this is like one of these rare instances where he's had a ton of parts where he's come in and he's been incredibly funny and, and he's done some really, really good work. But this is an instance where somebody is actually behind the scenes writing a role for you. Are these your bags, sir? Look at my shoes and look at the bag. Shut up and follow me. There was no other guy we ever wanted to do that role other than Bernie Mac. We got a lot of work to do, man. We're way behind in the polls. Am I getting paid for this? I went and I read the script, and Ali told me that he wrote this for me, and I read it. I started laughing. I said, it's my brother. Well, now, my agenda. I'll tell you about our agenda. Our agenda is to have a debate right now. We need to get rid of this zero and talk to the hero. I saw the characters. I saw the characters with the kid in life. I saw the... Uh, President, you know, Vice President, I saw Lula, I pitched him. And we feel that what this community needs is What the community needs is for you to debate me right now. You want to tell the people something? Tell them that. I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. It's some stupid shit. This stupid. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's funny, though. But it's stupid. This is the first time we ever worked together. He did my show a while back. So he was a guest, but yeah, we've never worked together. It's a dream come true. It was great. Me and Bernie had a great time. We're, you know, we're from old school. You know, we love old school comedy. Oh, no! Yeah, I'm sick of that! Oh, my God. LeBron. They're always beating on each other too, <laughs> like constantly. That's <laughs> the real, the real life. I mean, the real life version of it. I don't think fucking Chris Rock would have got one shot in on fucking Bernie Mac, but you know he gets. He I don't gets know. Have nice you seen Chris Rock's abs? Like, like, like. But he has to. Uh, he has to go up quite a bit. To, like... I haven't. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> uh, right before uh, he did that season on Fargo, which uh, is fantastic, oh, yeah. by the way. That's good. Uh, the the, the prequel a, uh, season. Right? He did yeah, a photo shoot. Remember. Where, where he's like lifting up a shirt and like like we're talking like Elliot Page abs, um, like like you know I'm just like, dang how old it's like he's like you know, because uh, he was like what fifty something at this point. Yeah, so you're saying it's the reason that he didn't uh, slap Will Smith back is because he would have done too much damage. Yeah, with those abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a good slap comes from the abs. <laughs> Andy World, everybody. Yo, because uh, we're talking about this, I found this. Uh, I found this Oprah clip. I mean, I played it before the show, but I'll play it now. I found this Oprah clip that I think is great. Well, hold on, hold, hold, but before before doing that, uh, can we just say like R.I.P. Bernie Mac, man? I mean, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you'll you'll say that after after this too. There's another Bernie. Mac. Oh, there's another Bernie. Okay, all right, all right, all right. You get the final question, sir. Right there. Yeah. Um, back to the movie for Chris and Bernie. Um, you know, my thing was I really enjoyed the fight scenes. Did any of those punches land though? 
no, I might have hit Bernie like once, mm -hmm. I think. And he, you know, I was like, oh my God, I hit you. He's like, you can't hurt me. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. no, I know how to throw my punches. And you, just, you know, the last thing you want to do is hit Chris. <laughs> you know, I wish somebody would hit Chris. You know, why in the hell you want to hit Chris? That ain't right. That ain't right. Hmm. Man. Talk about that turtleneck. <laughs> he had a he had a crazy fucking fashion style, and like <laughs> both in both in movies and in uh, like 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 Bad Santa, his fucking style was insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That turtleneck, oh, dressing like uh, Jim Carrey from The Mask. Double as a neck brace. I, I remember him from like the second Charlie's Angels full throttle, like when he replaced Bill Murray because Bill Murray didn't get along with uh, Lucy Lou or whatever, whatever the excuse was. And he was hilarious. He was hilarious in that. Well, he was hilarious in everything that he did. Yeah, everything he's done. He's, he's good. Yeah, no, he brings like anything, anything that he's in. If I'm just like watching something and he's on it, I'll definitely fucking watch. Yeah, um, when people call I mean, me a Bernie bro, that, that's the. Bernie, I, I'm, that's uh, the Bernie they mean. That's the OG. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think, I think that you know, Bad Santa was the first thing I really saw him, and uh, it's like, I mean, because I didn't have like cable growing up, so I didn't see like the Bernie Mac show or anything. Yeah, yeah the first thing I saw him in, I think, was, and it was a very small part. Well, he was in Life. He was in that movie, and then he was in, uh, but he was on Get on the Bus. If, if you ever saw that uh, Spike Lee movie. Actually, the, I haven't seen that one. Um, you ever seen him before, Conan? Can't no. Know. Really? I yeah. haven't seen every Spike Lee movie. I've seen it's, most it's of It's actually them. one of his better movies, I think, and probably one of his least known. Uh, uh, yeah, it came out in, God, I want to say 2000, maybe 2002, 2001. It was about uh, traveling from L.A. to the Million Man March. Oh, nice. Ensemble cast. Uh, but but uh, but Bernie Max in that movie only only has a few few lines. But actually, Wendell Pierce is in that movie for about five minutes, but is five of the funniest minutes ever. Yeah, I, I think he was, uh, he was just in. We, we talked about Bullworth, and he was uh, Wendell Pierce. Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And uh, my personal favorite Wendell Pierce movie is uh, Hackers for some reason. <laughs> don't ask why. It just is. We, don't worry, we won't. Uh, the Also, I think the movie, which is already great, steps up so considerably when Bernie Mac comes in. Like, it's just like he just takes the whole thing, like, up. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Or yeah. Two, you know? Yeah. And it's. That, and NATO, it's, that NATO fucking back and forth cracks me up every time I think. Well, about that. It. So you, you, that's your, your, this is the thing I wanted to say is that like the, how I was going to phrase it is if um, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein had uh, answered the anchor person's questions as eloquently as Bernie Mac did, what then that uh, would have been a lot wetter for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the back and forth, especially with the older anchor was very akin to Muhammad Ali and Howard. Yes. Like how yes. they're. Yes. And it would be almost like to the point where they had it so down 
that they almost knew what to say to each other to get each other talking. Oh, right. yeah, Bernie wasn't Friday. Uh, yeah. And Mo, yeah, Mo Money and I saw Friday. Friday. What is my shepherd? And he know what I want. <laughs> and don't be a menace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, but I think that so it's it's interesting to me that like this movie still managed to be somewhat poignant um, and sort of, yeah, like in a, almost as Mr. Smith goes to Washington, like we've talked about. But then <laughs> that's true. People should be like, oh, he just does that. He did, mm-hmm. Fetterman would have just done the Dean scream and still beat us. Uh, but last week it, he it, couldn't even scream. He's really like he's he's really actually stepped up this week with his uh, stroke recovery. <laughs> but there's no <laughs> I don't know. No, Aleppo. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That would that would that would have been like uh, talking about level, level level down the the, way. Do you remember the one where? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me just, give, give, just please, 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 please. I, I, I think the reason the way it elevates is that there's a lot of jokes in here, but it, most of them land, even if I haven't aged well. That's all I wanted to say before we got off to something else entirely. Immediately. No, I was saying do you remember, with the Gary Johnson thing. Do you remember when uh, somebody asked him about smoking weed and like? damaging his fucking heart or something and he like pretended to like die and fell off the chair <laughs> oh that's right yeah well yeah, yeah. everyone forgot about that because everyone yeah. just aleppo aleppo ha 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 <laughs> even though like almost nobody laughing probably knew what aleppo was either but uh and jill stein shit the bed aleppo, differently the <laughs> aleppo's, aleppo's fantastic <laughs> oh Cody, great you city, great city aleppo <laughs> oh shit! Oh wait, wait, hold on. Let's 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 put the focus on on that. Christina rocking the dark passenger shirt. Yeah. Available this Bandcamp Friday. Sick. Thank you. Um, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Wait, is Friday Bandcamp Friday? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's the first Friday of every month, which is this Friday, okay. which we're streaming. Oh we're streaming that on Friday. Okay, great. Okay. So we're gonna, gonna we'll help plug your plugs. we'll plug the we'll plug the Bandcamp Friday thing on you know in show promo as we talk about a movie where uh you know dogs teach people how to rape women <laughs> and hunt them down. <laughs> it's a boy and his dog on uh fr- on Friday, JB. That's what that's what that is. Oh. We're starting out the apocalypse movies. It's not just it's not we're not watching torture porn. Well <laughs> I mean it might it's faces well, of de- uh what is it, faces of evil faces of death? Part three. Right. Okay. Whatever. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Uh, yeah. So, like, it hits all the beats of, like, of course, you know, he sees the girl, he meets the girl, gets the girl, et cetera, et cetera. But then I also like that Robin Gibbons, who totally ditches on him and doesn't want to give him the time of day because doesn't think he has any, any, any future. And then, like, the repeated thing of just her, like, trying to like pick up where they left off and and then security <laughs> you can, oh, you, can tell how a, you can you can tell how gifted of a comedy writer um chris rock is because they don't over over utilize that bit like they have yeah. her like the closest they really come is when she comes out of the marching band wearing the which right. is fucking hilarious. <laughs> which is amazing like, yeah like they could have hit that bit more times and then kind of ran it dry i'm, I'm really happy they didn't and they kind of gave yeah. her they gave her like a weird arc <laughs> it did, but it, but I think it, I think it very much leaned into what people thought of her at the time, especially and not That's that far from you know being married to Mike Tyson, and I I thought it was brilliant. I thought she, you know, I thought the way she played in the in the small amount of time she was just over the top enough, right, you know, for it to be comical. And and shout out to Ollie Leroy too, who 
also helped write this movie. I'll put him on stream. As a part of a lot of <laughs> movies that Chris Rock is a part of, wrote uh, Pootie Tang, which I didn't think was great, but it has some great lines in it. it, it, it the, the great lines to quality yeah. of movie ratio is pretty pretty astounding for that one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. there were some incredible lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you all right, Conan? Uh, I gotta say too, like like the part the, where he goes going to punch. One guy's going uh, out, the other the guy's going in. I'm in the middle, of being like, "What do you want from me?" Yeah. yeah. And today on the traffic report, uh, you know, from <laughs> Noted, what's, what's going yeah, on? We interrupt this movie coverage with traffic at Starbucks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Get command. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't. Yeah. I could be driving right now. <laughs> um, but but yeah. So I think but it's written. You are. <laughs> I uh, I think it's written really well. Uh, wow, the Starbucks Wi-Fi goes far. I don't know. You're you're you're, you're on the highway by now. <laughs> um, they got no, an I, extender. Life is the, a highway. Uh... I would ride it all night long. Literally. Um. Yeah. So, like, the writing, the writing on this is really good. I think the bits are really good. Um. The, the Osama one really cracks me up when they go negative and first it's the KKK yeah. guy. The and KKK jump... guy's great. <laughs> yeah. And, but then, but then they jump right to like, cause you, cause you have to like, I don't know, like in, in my head, I wasn't necessarily processing until that moment that it was like 2003 when, yeah. you know, when yeah. like there was at the height of the fucking Osama bin Laden panic and shit. Yep. And, uh, but, but then they have the fucking, they just like the black guy's voice. It's like, yo, I'm Osama bin Laden. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I hate it, America. It, 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 it just reminds me it just reminds me of the negative ads that are going on right now with the Georgia Senate uh runoff race. Yeah, like they got practically just an ad that they would run, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they got they got Raphael Warnock's ex-wife pulling the crocodile tears, like saying that a, a, a fender bender is, is the same thing as domestic abuse. And I'm like, Yeah, girl. How much are they paying you to do this ad where you're like, mm. he wouldn't stop? <sighs> well, I'll, 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 I'll say this, man. Uh, Raphael Warnock, like, think about who he's gone up against, right? Yeah. Like, Jesus, Herschel Walker, man. Yeah, vampires versus werewolves. He's like, did y'all oh, know that God. a werewolf can kill a vampire? And I'm like, uh, and it's because he watched Fright Night. Night. I, I, I thought I was on stream. I thought I was on stream with Andy for a minute. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought I was seeing double. I, I like that he just he shoehorns it in there, and he's like, I was watching Fright Night the other day, and it's like, I was like, what? All right, your- <laughs> but the, the sad thing is, a lot of people out there are gonna elect him because they prefer that black guy over the other black guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 but really, really, in the end, most people probably don't prefer any of them. Either, of them. yeah, uh, you know, which, which, you know, going back to the movie at hand, uh, thank you, us back a little bit because to use the one thing that I always appreciated about this movie, specifically the time that it was made in, you know, you had you had the uh, uh, the Chappelle show, and it was and it was pushing a lot of envelopes with comedy. Comedy that I'd heard my whole life, <laughs> you know, but but you know, keep it a buck. Not a lot of, uh, probably not a lot of, of non-black people have really been exposed to to some of it. And again, some of it doesn't hold up very well, you know, uh, today. But I think there's a lot of things in that movie 
that that I when I look back on it, you know, kind of like the race going, you know, and flipping back to the race between Warnock and 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 uh, Herschel Walker is that there's so much within that that I don't think the I don't think the majority of people really understand the dynamic of it. Uh, and and how Herschel Walker is, I almost feel in a small way sorry for the guy because he's getting played like he's a, getting exploited. You know, yeah, he he's he's being mined like a like 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 iron how much ore that gets seen. <laughs> Same no, with it's... this movie where it, it, you know he's where Chris Rock is kind of being used, but obviously Chris Rock is not you know his character and hitting himself. He's not top, but head. yeah. But it, but at the same time, it's there's so much through that that movie that I you know every that why I enjoy it is every time I watch it I pick up a little bit more nuance, uh, and that's the one thing I like about the writing. Some of it is hits you over the head, but a lot of the stuff. It, but a, there's a lot of jokes in that, a lot of jokes and commentary in that movie that are so nuanced. Like, for instance, a part that might have hit some people over the head, the part where um, uh, she's a she's a campaign manager. I'm trying to remember her name. I can't remember the actor's name. When they're on the bus, and it's right after Chris Rock gets recorded saying the thing. Lynn, Lynn Whit- Whitfield, right? Yeah, uh, Lynn Whitfield. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, she, and she calls Chris Rock the N-word. And... You know, it gets played kind of for a joke, you know, where he's like, I know you just didn't call me, you know, blah, 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 riding on my bus. And then, you know, kicks it. But it's she's funny. Just, she's just funny. ignorant in there, too. Like, in, yeah, in, it, in, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which plays the which plays the class colorism, yeah. you know, a little bit. And I, and I think that that joke, that bit, that scene gets played kind of for laughs you know a, a serious moment but somewhat played for laughs but there's a lot of that was kind of, kind of risky definitely back then um you know and and i'm sure you know a lot of like and, how and they, 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 lead, they lead up to it they lead up to that too because like there's the one guy when she's at the uh hose and show business party that's like hey don't i know you from somewhere and she just screams yeah. She like screams at the guy, like yeah. kind of, kind of hinting that like to get to the top of the ladder in the political sense, like she's had to leave her identity as a you know as a black person behind, sure. Sure. essentially. And and you know obviously the fact that that Chris takes control of his own campaign, stops wearing, yeah. you know, wears what he wants, where you know, I mean, of course they take it over the top a bit, but um, but I but I appreciate you know a lot of some of the nuance in the writing. You know, at times in the movie, and then again, at times they. they oh, and at times it's dumb as hell too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I said at times it's dumb as hell. But it's yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah. wow, that's a it's really. I haven't seen that in a yeah, movie. You know, I, I think I think the perfect intersection is the bit that's uh, dark skin magazine. Um, at like their smear campaign <laughs> yeah. is he's half white. Yeah. <laughs> well, because well, it shows, yeah, it, it shows all the magazines and like all of their like incensed reaction uh, to a. And like, yeah, that's the, it, but it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a playoff ebony or something, but it's dark skin but, magazine. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate Which, I mean, that, 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 joke, is, that joke was for me. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was, and that's not a lot of thing you see in movies and like, and at least, especially at the time, 
Because even if you had, even if you had had black characters in a movie, they usually the, the jokes are are heavy, you know, ham fisted and obvious, and you know, whereas there was a lot of a nuance and a lot of stuff that was written in this movie that you know, keep it a fuck, wasn't for white folks. <laughs> you know, like the uh, like the uh, whenever he hired the Nation of Islam yeah. sec- uh, security guard. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, now, but but the thing is, Muhammad, is, Muhammad, is, Muhammad. What do we? Nineteen years later, now now you do a lot of those jokes now make more sense. I'm sure to a lot more people. And I know this movie is kind of a. You know, I'm, I don't know if it's really necessarily a cult classic, but I know a lot of people I know have watched this movie, which surprises me honestly because. At the time, you know, it was it was kind of slept on, uh, you know. So, there's yeah. my t- well, and and I think that I think that like in the uh, you know the I guess the aftermath of the Obama administration when well, they I mean, kind of look at the Tracy Jordan character, character, right? The yeah. Did we lose Conan again? Yeah, I think so. But, but like that, like dissecting the racial politics of like the Obama era, like there really was the the whole uh, he's half white kind of smear used yeah. against him by some people in the African American yeah. community. Like he's not one of us. You know what I mean? Like we need to elect someone who's one of us who's fully black, which kind of mirrors the uh, you know a lot of like white supremacist talking points, but is still kind of an in group out group reaction to. Kind of- reminded me of like the criticism from obama from like oh he's like you know oh he's you know his father was this radical islamic you know type of individual but then he's also been raised by his uh white marxist grandparents and i'm like which one is it yeah well (laughs) all the bad ones yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. It's yeah, it's, it's the well, scariest of the it's the scariest of the brown people and it's the scariest yeah. of the white people. I, mean, I, I mean, remember you, everyone saying that his them. mother was like a sex worker and like I'm like no, she <laughs> wasn't, but if she were, why are we hating on that? Like it was just so just so many different criticisms of Obama to slam him to make him out to be like this like just thing that wasn't even like real. I was like it's, this is just well, I mean, and they did it with Bill Ayers, which kind of is the same thing as like the Osama bin Laden thing, right? Like the you know, Bill Ayers was the guy from the Weather Underground, and it was like he was a domestic terrorist in the seventies, oh. or at least considered that. Like you know, they were like blowing up buildings and shit, and they tried to you know because he said I would vote for Obama, which of course he would. He was like a you know a radical liberal, I guess I would say in the in the seventies. Like of course he's going to vote for the Democratic candidate. But they tried to use that as like, see, like he's getting endorsed by a terrorist, a white terrorist this time. We didn't even remember that those quite existed, but. Yeah, I know after Reverend Wright, I was like, I'm going to vote for Obama. Yeah, you know, yeah, you said like, it, you said it, yeah, it's oh, which what? which is funny. You look back at that even today uh, and you you look at some of his uh, Reverend Wright's. Uh, you know, some of his sermons and you look at him, you're like, where's the lie in it? Where's the lie? <laughs> where's the lie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and even at the time, and I will say at the time I saw it and I felt in, and I will say uh, JB back in 2007, you know, wasn't, was even in a different place that JB in 2022 is. Um, but, but even then, I mean, I was even like, uh, what, 
what's he saying that others haven't you know um well i mean and that that brings us to the uh to the warnock and herschel walker thing again which they've taken a lot of his old sermons where he's talking to a church about whether it's socialism or you know about how evil fucking israeli apartheid is or like on a whole host of subjects that like you know a black a black preacher would talk to their congregation about and a white preacher wouldn't necessarily because there's a political implication to being a black preacher within like the southern baptist church specifically and within you know martin luther king's old seat like i don't think you can really be like you know the heir to martin luther king's uh you know like pastorship and not weigh on weigh in on politics like oh you know i'm not a political preacher i'm a i'm a different kind of guy (laughs) you know because because martin luther king never never waited in anything like that you know i you know it's which obviously you know i mean i'm I, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a, yeah, I could go down a rabbit hole with that, but he wasn't in the movie. So, you know, if MLK <laughs> was in the movie, you know, then, you know, I could, you know, speak, speak to that a little bit more. Um, little trying to stay on topic joke there, but, you know, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, Steve, <laughs> I wonder what happened in the last year and a half. Did something happen to all these voters? <laughs> um. <laughs> In the last five minutes, actually, they've all passed away <laughs> in five minutes. So this is this is another uh, this is another. I find these Oprah clips kind of fascinating. Um, you know, they both went on Oprah to promote the movie Bernie Mac and Chris Rock, and there's that first clip. This is another one where this is like their after party or whatever, pretty much like their after uh, show thing where people ask questions. And I found this one kind of funny. Full job. That wasn't supposed to happen, was it? I wait. I'm not sure why it's not. Yeah, I'm like uh, I I can't vamp. I don't have anything to vamp about. <laughs> Such stressful jobs. How do you unwind, and what do you do to relax at some time? You think their job is stressful? <laughs> I think being a real bail bondsman is stressful. That's stressful. I think being the Wonder Bread bread representative yeah. might be stressful. Air traffic controller. Air, it might be stressful. Yeah. Do you think your job is stressful? Um, not compared to real jobs. Not, yeah, right. I mean, I, I you know, like Hammer said, I will not disrespect the people here that work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's not. not yeah, because this isn't a real job. Is no. It? No. Not a real job. <laughs> on and the boss hollering at them all the time and stuff like that. That's right. You, know, oh, you got so a, many deliveries right, to make right, a day. Right. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a different type of uh, work, but yeah, it's stressful when you got 149 people depending on you and you dealing with 10 writers and you're sitting up there trying to tell your story and you going on stage and 18,000 people looking at you and you ain't funny. Man, what you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't know I'm nothing about that. I'm talking about me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I, 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 I don't know how y'all are. 
But yeah, I don't know. I think that I mean it's kind of a the same kind of populist energy as the actual movie, where it's like you know people actually needing to work for a living and working two jobs and not making ends meet. It's not something that Chris Rock would have had to deal with at this time, but like it does capture that spirit of uh you know being being so being so broke and like living to pay, paycheck to paycheck so much that you uh you know you're, you're completely trapped in that lifestyle. And then, of course, with the rise of crime and the like, the rise of fucking uh, mass incarceration, like, then you need the bail bondsman, and then <laughs> that's when Bernie Mac comes in. Yeah, they have such a good dynamic, the two of them. Like, you can tell, like, they they had the chemistry to be like to be brothers in this film. <laughs> I mean, they're both uh, insanely talented comedians too like the the it, you could tell that they're playing off of each other the entire time when they're beating the shit out of each other um or the fucking you know I, I i i was laughing my ass off at it but like when they're chasing the fucking uh brian lewis around going debate me right now and then <laughs> and every single time he's like we're never gonna stop like <laughs> that that cracked me up specifically because you know after working on a show that actually every like every other fucking week was a debate like it just like the, the level of like uh chiding i guess that went into the fucking debate on that um yeah and this kind of cracked me up see you see like you see sam cedar fucking chasing somebody around you know with, with <laughs> burning around the debate <laughs> i think what, that this uh, could, i was just gonna say this uh, would give sam cedar some ideas <laughs> um no but like you know i mean they take it to a level that's so absurd that you know like first they're on tv behind him and then he like turns on the tv and they're there fucking like i think you need to debate me right now and then he's standing outside his house with a fucking megaphone like it's just taken to such like an excessive level like chasing him around the fucking golf course like this shit is well remember around that same time too like the yes men were a big deal too who are these dudes like go through and like make these like weird confrontational uh like interactions on camera and like you know michael moore was had his tv show as well as you know was still in the roger and me era before he was just like political commentator michael moore uh, it's so it all like fits in very nicely but what i like about those is that mostly still plays you know like when he's jogging and they like catch up to him and they're like jogging next to him <laughs> like whatever oh, that's you get time to jog you get to have jog do you have time to baby <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's and, and like it happens a lot with candidates that feel, you know, that like they're they have the lead and it doesn't benefit them to do a debate, right? But you know, so it's like that's that's a very real thing. And most like progressive America. candidates, most progressive candidates have to do that. You know, they yeah, have to like shame the other candidate into the debate. It it well also too, it was like when with John Fetterman, a lot of people were actually worried that the debate hurt him against dr oz but the fact that the results came in they actually the debate ended up helping fetterman even more because people were like related to him i just don't think people really care about debates like it's like debates I, are good i was about to say something very similar to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it just doesn't matter anymore and like people already decided i mean how many like how many people have we seen that are either it's like um you know like fucking jimmy carter or like hillary clinton like winning three debates in a row or something like even if you win three debates in a row nobody can, like it's not like it's not like people are like oh the tides have turned on how we feel about your uh your you know the the aura you give out or your aesthetic or the job you're doing uh with as president or because i mean in the case of fetterman he's already lieutenant governor like his he has a record and people know that and he shows up whenever there's a fucking natural disaster or whatever and, and like, he just and he's an authentic dude, and like 
Hillary Clinton can like very skillfully win every single one of the debates, Tracy Flick style, and it's not going to make people that despise her despise her, which isn't just sexism. She's actually just a terrible person having nothing to do with her gender. Uh, and like, <laughs> it's, it's so amazing to have it just be like be reduced to that. And, you know, like, and it's not surprising at all, but it, it is something where the idea of the debate as being the, the big thing that like, you know, saves the orphanage or whatever, that's completely an outmoded concept. Now it was, arguably kind of suspect around this time but like uh because i mean look at the, you know look at the actual presidential elections that happened Kerry versus bush right Kerry like one handily it didn't matter they were like oh bush didn't like sh totally like you know poop his pants and like lick it up afterwards so he won what are you kidding me he deserves a second term yeah, anyway, but that that has yeah. nothing to do with I mean, what they do. But I, but I think that like the the debate as sort of like the crux to like show like the realness of the uh, Maze Gilliam character. I, I think I think works. Here. I, I don't have like yeah. I have a big problem with like the ba the battle of the bands as like the plot device. Right. <laughs> this is the battle of the bands of the political movie. Yes. <laughs> JB knows but what I mean, I'm talking. But about. I mean, interesting. This is the first. <laughs> this feels like the first uh, movie we've watched where it actually turns the tide. Right. Like um, it works. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like like the uh, the thing that really turns the tide in fucking the candidate when they have the debate or whatever is that his father endorses him right after. You know, it's not he actually fucks up the debate. Um, the thing that like in Bullworth or whatever, right? He's just drunk at the fucking set of the debate, like fucking up. Like it's a, it's a spectacle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is the first movie we've really done where like a debate kind of really changes the changes the energy, I guess, of the entire thing, and it is because. I mean, it's that same kind he, of. He weaves yeah. in his stand-up with it, so it seems very natural. Yeah, it's like there's like natural laugh lines and everything, and like, but it's built up to the fact that like, okay, that Sharon Stone's Sharon Stone's cousin dude is like, kind of just like coasting on the fact that everybody knows who he is and don't have strong negative opinions about him. He doesn't really have anything there, yeah, but they I, since they've set that up the entire movie, it works. Yeah, because because he was like, uh, um, you know. Uh, you know how Al Gore was really because uh, remember Al Gore, you know, spent eight years as the vice president. Nobody, nobody thought about Al Gore, uh, you know, when he ran in 2000. And I barely thought about him. <laughs> Same here. Lockbox. Awesome. Love that for him. I mean, I voted in that election. I didn't think about him. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, that was pre um, what was the movie? He made? I voted for Nader. Uh, An Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient truth. Yeah, that was pre-inconvenient yeah. truth. Al Gore was like, "Oh, you got cool after you stopped running for elected office. Great." I uh, what I did that in two thousand? Come on, thanks, I thanks to pants. That, uh, yeah, picking picking Mister Censor Joe Lieberman as your vice president instead of literally oh, anybody. Speaking else. of Joe Lieberman, Joe Lieberman was in the opening credits along with uh, Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and then they get to put him in the credits, which is and then like it says something like not really or something, right? Yeah, which not, is not hilarious. Are not in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is which is pretty cool too. Yeah, it's pretty I have good. A for you guys. What makes Chris Rock's character differ from all the other lead characters, like political like candidates that we talked about Ooh. this month? I, I mean, feel he like never, he didn't sell out. Yeah, he never sells. That's, yeah. that's the, and that's what makes that's it a cap rescue. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone else at some point, yeah, like has like a sellout moment or like just is or like, like a or like a better work moment where they're like, oh, I gotta move to the middle. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. Or, I mean, yeah. In the in the 
in the case of I mean Bullworth, obviously, like he's already he's fully sold out when we get to the beginning of the movie and he like kinda of, like redeems himself through through racism, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> through, through weird casual racism and the most terrible rapping committed to film. Oh god. <laughs> but I mean, but that's still not like I mean he, he's his his dark night of the soul is not really uh you know, it's not really I guess appeased or like uh fixed by what happens because he yeah. gets shot. So that doesn't really you know, that doesn't really help us here. So yeah, this is like the plucky the plucky underdog really uh you know taking like speaking truth to power and taking it to the yeah take on the establishment yeah. like when he's when he's giving the speech at like the at the gay club right and he's basically saying like oh you know you you folks should all have like fundamental human rights or no different from everyone else and it's played for a laugh because everybody's like you know in their like full-on like you know uh, pride fest gear and like they start like whatever but yeah. it's like like no everything he said is true hundred yeah. percent of it's a, like it's no part of that is invalid. <laughs> and no like business just and whole business. But just to have yeah, not that part really. But like uh, the uh, but but to just to ha- if we were to have a candidate that is not named Bernie Sanders, just say things that just unequivocally. Centerman. You know, and, and, and like that's it's, it's it's always amazing when that happens, and like that that's just and it, it strikes me how funny that like wow that and that seems so jarring then, and it's still kind of jarring now because people just refuse to like put it down to those sorts of terms, and are you know again populism is equated with nationalism. It's like nationalism and populism are not the same things at all. But if you're an elitist, it feels like it. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, um, I think the Bush administration was the perfect time to kind of make a movie like this and to make the point about, um, you know, the inauthenticity, the inauthenticity, because not only was there the inauthenticity of somebody like Clinton or like Gore, who was just kind of a bland politician that, you know, just uh, I mean, Clinton wasn't exactly a bland politician, but at, the, at that time, right, like you kind of had to fit yourself into a very specific mold um, rather than doing that, though. Like you could just kind of jingoistically flag wave, and this movie hits that point really well with the Brian Lewis character being like, you know, God bless America, nowhere else. Like yeah. you didn't have to have any kind of uh, authentic, you know, authentic relationship with voters in, in in any capacity. And on top of that, you could just wrap yourself up in the American flag, like fucking Bob Roberts on that poster, or like yeah. hug the American flag like Trump did. But I but I think there's a but there's also the obvious fact that he's black and he can't do any of those things. Yeah. You know, when, when, you know, and, and I think that was, again, the reason why, like the movie is that when you're, and it's not even being black, I think when you're, you're not white, you, 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 you either, you either very much have to fit the mold, even going back to Obama. I mean, it, I mean, Obama, like, let his blackness out here, there, like a little squeeze, I'll give you a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and you know, but he, but I don't, you know, I, I, but, but the rules are different for him. Um, and I think it's the same way with, with this character. I don't think you could have written this movie and have him fit any of the, have him fit any of the other big characters in the other movies that you watch, because there's no way that character would have been allowed to do that. You know, I mean, it in, you know, real life. Now you could argue that Chris Rock, you know, when he takes off the suit, puts on the FUBU, you know, and does that, totally takes it in the complete opposite direction, you know. I mean, it obviously played for laughs, but also speaks to, you know, him being authentic. He's going to be right. his most authentic self, which, you know, keep it a buck, 
nobody who runs for president is, is yeah like look like harold ford jr right it had to be some like because everyone thought that dude was gonna he's gonna be the first black president oh yeah whatever yeah and like and it's like you know you know he had like big light-skinned guy yeah exactly he 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 looked the part of the respectable black man what did biden say clean and articulate about uh obama jesus yeah, yeah. I, that man is I now president. I've been called articulate many a time. He's so well spoken, so well so articulate. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's a and it, it meshes well with the uh, you know the '90s yeah. kind of uh, extreme dog whistling about like, you know pants like pants hanging down rappers and like you know yeah. like like the Cosby stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's like put we, we, Alan Iverson. On the wall, like takes out Reagan, right? What's <laughs> up, Mary J. Blige? You know, and stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it, it. You know, I mean, at the at the time, again, being played for laughs, but but at the same time, there was kind of there was a message there. That yeah, was, you know, and I think it works because of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick from the comments, Stevie, actually taking Lieberman out of the Senate to where he has no power as VP may be low key smart, assuming Gordon die in office. I don't agree with that, but I put that on because I think there's a hilarious moment at the very end where uh, Bernie Mac is, is is like, well, you know, no one's going to try to come for you now because then that would be precedent, <laughs> which I think is really, really funny and like also like potentially kind of true. And and what was, uh, you know, Dan Quayle, if not, uh, <laughs> if not insurance, an insurance policy <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> like, like, let's just take the dimmest bulb possible and like, yeah, you don't want that guy to be president, do you? Yeah, better make sure you protect him. <laughs> that dude was a heartbeat. Heartbeat away. The, the, the dude Sarah Palin, but not as smart. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Dan. Dan, uh, I thought the candidate was a roadmap quail. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and I wow. love the fact that liberals have actually recently tried to revive Dan Quayle as like a resistance hero. I'm sure, <laughs> if you don't like Trump, you're you're on the club. Exactly, it doesn't matter. Neocons, yeah. great. Here's your MSNBC show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, I just saw how Dan Quayle saved democracy. Yes, really, by CNN of all places. <sighs> Well, by, but it's uh, but it's also spelling potato or whatever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by correcting a child who spelled it correctly and with an incorrect uh, pronunciation. Also, too, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Dan Quell is the guy who coined the, the the phrase "how true that is," which is a very very interesting f- way to say "true that." That I ain't right. That, that ain't right. That ain't right. Uh, that ain't right. <laughs> I, I, he's also the guy who said he didn't know Latin, so he couldn't go to Latin America. <laughs> Say democracy, okay. He was great for comedy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's. I th- I think a lot of these like lesser sporting characters work really well too. Like um, Tracy Jordan's meat character. It's one of his first roles. I mean, like I I I, I live not just in Oakland, but I lived in, like West Oakland. There were a couple meat guys, you know, yeah. and it's it's, oh. it's like that. That's real. And I, it's... yeah, no, no, my studio in Baltimore, um, totally had a meat guy. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> you? Know, Tracy Morgan, um, pick it up cheap, sell it for some for some extra money. You know, it's like it's like Rob Joe, buy it for one, sell it for two. Exactly. <laughs> and Tracy Morgan's well, most recent role is playing the ghost of Christmas yet to come in the spirited movie with Will Farrow and um 
Ryan Reynolds, and he's like, ah, oh. he's like, we got a story about that. We got, you want to like, feel this one? He's like, oh, it's so great, but he's like menacing wearing the cloak, and you know, he looks like every version of the ghost of Christmas Death to come. But then once he opens his mouth, he sounds like Tracy Morgan. He's like, I need a phrase. I need to like sound like you just been Christmas. Christmas yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> so that movie, JB, you want you want to feel this? We have a story about. Oh, no, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. So in the tour forest, actually, the a couple hours after you saw us in Peekskill, we went to my friend Ryan Collison's place, who does ADR work. He like his him and his team won a uh, Grammy for uh, was it Grammy? No, no Emmy. Sorry yeah, for Emmy, nar- yeah. for Narcos. Oh, Emmy, okay. And uh, a few others, but he showed us something that he was working on that was in progress to show us like what the the sound work like, what it looked like, and how you could like change it and whatever. And it was that movie. So before that was out, so we got to see like, like there was a dancing scene. And he he got to, he moved like the stomping up and down, and he moved yeah. it moved. It, it was really cool actually because he did. And he had he had a big like uh, console, and I mean he just does this stuff all day for like all these kinds of stuff, and for big movies and stuff too. But it was it was real cool to kind of see it in action. Oh, that's awesome! Also and then Joe Cannon took a picture with the Emmy, which was hilarious. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> um, but but it was that movie, it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. I, I can show you this. This, this isn't out yet. It was great. Um, but I I, I like I like the, the Tracy Morgan bit in this a lot because it doesn't. I mean, that's another thing. It doesn't really like hammer you over the head. But yeah. uh, at the end of it, it's pretty funny when they when they recycle the same bit from earlier, where he's like running for president. And he's like, president of what? And they're like, you know, the United <laughs> yeah. States, United States of what? America, yeah. which America? North America. I don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's it's funny, but it's also like <sighs> <laughs> because that that's a little too real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's funny to me. It's funny because it is so real. Because exact, you know, exactly. If, in back in two thousand three, if anyone ever. Ever well, obviously in that case, I'd probably would have said the same thing. You know, like what America, which America? You know, because it it certainly would have been a reflection of any America I lived in. You know, so very poignant. I think that there's a lot of kind of weirdly poignant uh, moments in this, which is funny because there's also like some bits that, like even at the time, I was like, all right, (laughs) fine, but uh, but like. It's so much of it does hit. I, I'm kind of surprised that people don't treat this movie as like more as uh, being rate like um, being a better film than than it, than it gets credit for because it is actually it swings a lot like a lot of comedies do and it doesn't always connect and that's a oh yeah good point um, but a lot of times it does and 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 then like some people will say like oh this is too like unserious and silly to be like a satire yeah. I, I completely disagree it is a yeah, great no. satire yeah I, I laughed out loud in this movie like yeah, uh, yeah actual laughed out loud instead of yeah yeah no I, like some of the other films that we've watched this one i was laughing out loud yeah yeah, yeah. i mean Jeff, the, we didn't the, do that the, in Bullworth. no the, the scene where he's the the one like where he gets serious talking about you know i can't quit because you know but even in the background, there's the background singer that's, that's, that's what's one of the things she says. Like the singer says in the background. And if you don't, and you could miss it, if you, you know, like she, I think she's three different, 
three different like ad libs she throws out there. Yeah, you, know, you can hear it just enough, you know. But yeah, here he's trying to have this heartfelt moment, and you know, but also at the same time, it is it is so it's so quiet that if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. You know, you can soak in the moment, or you can hear you know what she's saying in the background, but. Yeah, I mean, and there's some goof ass moments too, like like yeah. like when they're at like the fundraiser and the and they start dancing to the to the to the Nelly song. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and then suddenly everybody knows the dance and they're doing it. I mean, it's like it's yeah. a freaking comedy, people. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a comedy, yeah. but like, you know, the only part of it I don't like is the tag where where it's a, uh, you know, the roof is on fire and then the roof's on fire. It's like come on, they would see. Really? I I. I think I laughed at it at the time, but this, a, this time I, I, I was still, like, Man. I think that joke holds up. I do. I, I think but, it holds up. I think, but, I mean, but the, only, the only premise, the only premise of the joke is that white people yeah. can't really boogie. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. I, that, that joke. Well, it's old people forever. dancing dirty too. Yeah. That's also yeah. like, you know, that's also. And, and I and, think it's that it's, it's, it's white people, white peopling. And that's, yes. it, and that's the joke. It's because at the end they're on the bus they do the roof is on fire again. And it's not like it's just nothing but black people, but majority on the bus, but everybody gets it. Hey, you know, but I also think it's, it also speaks to class as well as race as well. Totally. And, and, and in the, in that fundraiser one, I, I, I can't forget this. They also have like the big dude who's like, uh, I don't know if he's a teamster guy or what, who like is a very good dancer, which I always appreciate that in a good movie. Oh, yeah. it's like, where it's like, just because you're big doesn't mean they can't dance. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I love that. that, that yeah. That's great. Oh, like when they're on the stairs, like when they're on the stairs and they're the man and the woman. Yeah. Are yeah and, and he's like, and he has like yeah, the slide, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. And, and it was like, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> Also, and then afterwards, also, they're like, "Oh, that was so embarrassing. That's yeah. that was so terrible. You can never do that." And I was like, "We had such a great time." You know, yeah. That's the earnestness. Now, was that that folk chisel my nizzle bit? That that was a uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was yeah, already also, that was on a uh, minute sixteen already at that point. Yeah, especially <laughs> he was. Uh, that's how you know he, it's he's over. Almost, he's almost like a you know like a black Jesus of some kind. He slaps the black back into that one. Uh, Guy that's at the fucking fun. Yeah, like, I don't know that. that. Like, I don't know that dancer, and he slaps him, and then he's like, it, <laughs> yeah, "It's funny because that joke, that is one of the jokes. Can't you couldn't do today? I don't think you do that joke anymore today. I I think back then, yeah, it was well, especially know. not Chris Rock. But, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Chris Rock would get a free pass. But but then you know, like, you know, look at the, like Bernie Mac. Yeah, Will Smith or really you can't believe he's off the train. Smacking a woman, he's getting off the train. Yeah, yeah. Will a Smith gets get anonymous. Smacked. Will Smith gets an anonymous uh, cameo in a movie, not knowing it's Chris Rock directing it, and Chris Rock runs up, smacks him in the face, and he's like, "What? I slapped the black bag into you." Mm. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. I don't think, I don't think anybody. Well, because remember Chris Rock during, during, well, I don't know, was it, was it, uh, uh, bigger and blacker? No, not bigger and blacker, but, uh, um, uh, the, which anyway, not bring the pain, maybe. I think it's where pain. his, his, his stand up where he's like black people versus N words. And yeah. to me, that joke is akin to that. And, I'll tell you, I, I that's one of the things that a lot of people thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I I didn't think that joke. 
Uh, and you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy that he, he effectively satirizes that same concept. I mean, you, you should think that he satirizes that same concept with first, like, you know, the, the Lynn, uh, the Lynn Whitfield character in this movie and with, you know, just his dynamic with a lot of people like, uh, you know, the, the, yeah. I guess, faked, the faked inauthenticity of, um, you know, like black people who are trying to climb the ladder, like this cultivated, I yeah. mean, kind of like you said, like, well, like the well-spoken thing, right? Like you could tell there's yeah. a couple characters in this movie that are like, you know, trying to embody that and to see him kind of slap that back into the guy is really funny. But like, it's, it's interesting that he kind of uh, has that bit, like as one of his most famous bits, to be honest, like, um, you know, considering the fact that he's, he's very, like, he's very clearly, uh, you know, hit, like literally hitting that concept in this movie. Like, yeah. This movie, <laughs> there really is. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of physical strength. Yeah, there is. You're, you're right. <laughs> That's yeah. another thing. She's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Even like, like you can get away with it when you're like, oh, it's these brothers and that. Yeah. This is what their relationship is, right? But I think the rest of it, again, like as much I love the scene of Bernie Mac just getting out of the train, like, people come up talk to him, just whap, and someone else comes yeah, talk to him, and just whap. Yeah. I love it, but no, yeah. no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Well, also, also, he walks up to Chris, or he, when he walks up to Chris Rock, he just punches him in the face in front of all those security. Yeah, exactly. As a greeting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's amazing. So, so another thing, I don't. I, you picked up. Did you count how many people? How many people have played on Wire were in this movie? A uh, lot, the actually. A lot. One of the cops. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot. It was. I I noticed that like in the scene toward the beginning of the movie, they show Landsman. The guy that yeah. I was like, I didn't know he was in this movie, and then it's like, I didn't know, I didn't realize he was in this town. And it's all like small little parts, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's all there. It's kind of awesome. I mean, The uh, Wire kind of delved deep into uh, both like kind of local talent in Baltimore, but also like a lot of like bit actors. Like they did a really good job casting kind of bit actors that were right. in pretty much everything else with that with that oh, show, yeah. like. That show, that show very purposely chose people that I mean, besides like McNulty, who apparently is fucking Prince Philip and or whatever, Prince or King Charles, whatever, in the new season of The Crown. Like besides, you know, besides that actor, like everyone else is very, um, not I don't, I don't want to say haggard, but like very realistic looking, right? Like, like there's an authenticity yeah. to pretty much every character. Sometimes it's because it's actually like a drug dealer or like, yeah, you know, like, like uh, Snoop like from, Snoop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I always love the fact that like. Um, uh, Michael K. Williams spent so much time trying to like uh, develop Snoop as an actress, and she was phenomenal in The Wire. But yeah. not in this movie. Uh, so we can move on. <laughs> Let's move on to the Letterbox one-liners. How about that? Yeah, we need some fake cheering to build some enthusiasm. Of course, Letterbox we is. Folks. We love we those love one-liners. We love it. Letterbox is a place for film lovers to talk at with and to each other about the movies they love. The movies. They didn't love the movies that make them weirdly thirsty. The movies that overuse the Nelly song, frankly. Uh, of course, all of this is not just for the Siskels and Eberts of the world. It's a bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. Uh, best expressed uh, working in Chat 5 in front of the comedy store brick wall. And, uh, you know, you uh, have it in the classic one-liner format. And these are the one-liners for Head of State. God. When he pulled into that gas station at the beginning, it only cost a dollar per gallon. I really <laughs> felt that. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I did that. Facts. I'm sure the super not feels that. Dude, <laughs> like, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, that would and they're still complaining about gas prices and stuff. Like, 
It's yeah, cost of so much money. <laughs> Why didn't this really happen? Good question. Because they picked the guy that fucking Chris Rock slapped instead. <laughs> yeah. Now that was a weird fanfic. <laughs> respect, though, like it's it's more it's more than just that. It's more than just that, Cartoffee. <laughs> well, I mean, but also you don't see the four years where, uh, you know, presumably fucking Maze Gilliam is actually governing, like. He could, yeah. he could, he could go into it a month later, and like his brother resigns, and he gets Joe Biden in there, and yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's, here's, here's. If this is fanfic, <laughs> here, here's the fanfic. He puts his brother on the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, you know, he would fucking vote to codify Roe. Oh yeah. Oh Just man. for the hose. <laughs> the people can't decide. People are too busy getting shot in the ass. <laughs> that it's is such the a best good distillation of the gun yes! control debate. Yeah, it's, it's like the best distillation <laughs> of that ever, and it's a freaking joke by a fucking comedian. <laughs> so good, love it. When it comes to creating so many enemies that we need billions of dollars to protect ourselves, how about God bless Haiti or God bless Africa? How about God bless Jamaica? <laughs> I felt I felt God the uh, love Jamaica. Have <laughs> in Jamaica. Exactly. I felt exactly. the, uh, the 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 Pascal Robert soul like flowing through that fucking exactly. line. <laughs> Channeling him. That California suburb running scene is basically documentary footage from the future. <laughs> it already well, happened. That's the thing. They they get there. They get there in 2016. They they're just yeah. Well, it's, for it's a really long time. It, but yeah, the, but the movie came out in 2003. <laughs> yeah, 2003 is what the documentary for the future from the timeline of the movie. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there. I mean, there was kind of a rush to you know support McCain or to uh, really like you know rebuke Obama being elected as the first uh, black president, but you know it kind of also felt no, like Bill it was... Clinton was. <laughs> well, it was kind of it kind of felt embodied in like oh no, no, this no he was. was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, trust me, he, he was not. <laughs> but it's kind of like like I think there was a certain inevi- inevitability to Obama's rise once he won the nomination, where it's like yeah. yeah he's probably going to be president, but like there was some white flight. I mean, you know, and I think there would have been more in 2012 if Mitt Romney wasn't like the, the least relatable. Yeah. Mitt, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney is not going to get bombs over Baghdad playing while people rush out of the suburbs. People are like for that guy. Yeah. No. Maybe, maybe some yeah, lesser tier outcasts. Scrooge, some people Scrooge just don't like us. <laughs> some people just don't like us. It, it'd be like train or something. It'd be something much more mellow, you know. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a there's a clip that's just like that always goes around. It's so telling where it's uh it's McCain it's McCain talking to that one old woman that asks if Obama's like a secret Muslim, and he's like, no, he's a good person. We just yeah, have some exactly. and like, oh, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dark Skin Magazine. He's half white. <laughs> I was thinking about that when we talked about it earlier because that was that was one of my favorite ones. But yeah. good pull, good pull on that one. <laughs> Maze Gilliam would have codified roll into law on day one. Yes, yes, he would have. Like Obama he cared, promised, he, he cared a lot about uh, you know <laughs> child care and child support and stuff. So you, you those know, you know, is this. Would, 
I remember renting this in Call of Duty 4 from Blockbuster, and I watched this movie like 10 times during the week when it was checked out. But I did play Call of Duty as well. <laughs> it's All Andrew right. World, a young Andrew World uh, chiming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I relate to that so hard. <laughs> that one was just baffling. Uh, Maze Gilliam would have bombed way less people than Obama. <laughs> Unless the deep state got to him first. It does in the end. He's like, I know everything. I'm the government. And he's, he's yeah, already. Kuba's like tapping on his shoulder. <laughs> Those are the Letterbox one-liners. For head of state, please follow the show on Letterbox. That's uh, your host, Forrest, over there. Uh, I, of course, am Kona Neutron. I'm all over that business. Uh, J. Andrew, Meat Salesman World, is watching all the weirder stuff so you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. I'm Christina's barocking the vote down there, and sometimes she does it. I don't, JB, I, I doubt you're on it, right? You're not on the Letterbox. You don't need to be. It's fine, but you could be. <laughs> all right, man. Final thoughts? Yeah, so I need please. to. Please. I need to evacuate this room in a few minutes. My mom's setting up a show down here. So, uh, I need to evacuate this state in a few minutes. So let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, JV, let's hear some final thoughts. Anything we didn't get to or that you wanted to add to the conversation? Uh, uh, not, not to, I, I think this was a very slept on movie. I, I think that this movie has, like I said, there's a lot of subtleties in it. Um, but it, but it's all. But I also appreciate it, like I said, because I think it was a movie that wasn't entirely written for the masses. And you know, in, in a way, and I, I really don't know how to express it any different than that. But I do appreciate when, when movies can do that, when they can actually speak to a particular <laughs> audience. You know, so that's all I got. All right, um, <laughs> Conan, playing with your hand over there. Uh, what's uh, he's playing with himself for sure? <laughs> but, uh, there's a lot of throwing of hands in this movie, so I had to throw it in there, you know. Uh, I, this movie's very funny, this movie's very deeply entertaining. I'm glad we covered, I'm glad we ended election extravaganza on kind of a, a, an upbeat note. And uh, I think this is a good discussion, and I think it's a lot better than a lot of people give credit for. And like I said, I'll watch it every time it's on the cable, you know. Would you vote for Maze Gilliam? Hell yeah, man. I volunteer for the campaign. Word. <laughs> that is um, right. <laughs> Brock, the vote down there. Final thoughts. 10 out of 10. That ain't right. <laughs> See, I was gonna I was gonna say that ain't right, and then I was gonna press end. So now I gotta figure out something else to do. That's that's a problem <laughs> with going last, right? I mean and yeah. a slapping gif. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I should do that. Uh Andy. The man with the 30-minute-long bit. Uh, no, I, just, final yeah. I, I just wanted to say uh, one thing we didn't really mention was Nick Searcy, who played uh, the, the the rival, uh, who is actually in real life a, a right-wing piece of shit, but a wonderful actor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, ah, but, so, but like, he, he's fantastic in this. He, I don't think he was actually acting. Um, uh, I'm just surprised he wasn't as racist <laughs> as he is in real life. But <laughs> So, yeah, he, he, he did it really well. Yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah. he's he's always tr- anytime he's in something, you know, it's going to be good. Well, you know, he's going to be good. Yeah, you don't know whether it's going to be good or not. It's just he's going to be good. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why we have Andy to tell you whether it's going to be good or not. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like it feels like this show. <laughs> <laughs> but but I did just want to shout that out because I do absolutely love seeing him and stuff. Uh, even though, like I said, he's like a Trump supporter and hates immigrants and 
not not that not a, right yeah exactly <laughs> uh but he's a hell of a good actor so so you know since we didn't really talk too much about him there there's my little corner about him we can now move on all right. Well, we are going to be back on Friday. We'll have an after party. We're going to be starting, you know, as you probably would have guessed, unless you're listening to the audio version, because I'm probably going to take out the theme for the audio version, because it's not going to make sense to have the theme go in the middle of the episode. But, uh, you know, we're going to be back on Friday talking about a boy and his dog. Uh, weird movie. Kind of kind of not sure how I feel about it, but, you know, I'm glad the dog was chill. <laughs> but um look I'll, I'll just say this all right come back on friday and uh that ain't right in fact it's wrong